Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Glory to God. God is good and His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Well, we're not jogging today. We are going to talk about mothers. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. We are, we're doing a series. You know, James is only five books. It should be done in five weeks. I forgot how many weeks we've been on it. But uh, sometimes there's more, uh, there's more in it than what you can uh, handle in, in one week. But we're going to be talking about uh, are honoring mothers today. And there's one particular mother I want to use, an, use as an example, and, a, and it's the mother of Jesus. And some of you might say, well, you know, I, I can't compare with her, but the reality is is she was a human just like you and I. She was a mother with, uh, she was a mother, she was human, she, she was born just like you and I. There was really nothing that elevates her above anybody else. Now, we know that the angel appeared to her and said, Hail Mary, you are highly favored with God. But if you read uh, through the New Testament, especially in the book of Ephesians, you will see that all of us are highly favored with God. It talks about grace, and grace is God's favor upon each one of us. Do you feel favored today? I, uh, I appreciate uh, the one song. You know, no matter what valley we're in, what, uh, what trouble we're going through, we still have the opportunity and the choice that we can elevate the name of Jesus and sing a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. And so uh, when we do that, we will sense the presence of the Lord. I've been doing this for a long time. And I found out that the more, the more I uh, acknowledge the Lord with my voice, with my heart, with my mind, with my body, then the more that I sense his presence. Amen. Well, I'm supposed to read to you Luke uh, chapter 1, so I don't know if it's going to be up there, I guess... In Luke chapter 1, uh, we'll begin in verse 26, as soon as I find Luke chapter 1. Okay, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 37, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. 
Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then he goes on to say, he says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall, you shall call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said, uh, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Indeed, uh, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let's say that together. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The, uh, I want to point out two particular statements that Mary made in her life. And this is the one, be it unto me according to your word. I believe that each one of us has that opportunity to say that same thing in faith, be it unto me according to your word. Now, we might not have an angel appear to us. We might not have a voice from heaven, but we have, but we have the word of God that tells us what Jesus, what the, what the Father, what the Holy Spirit says to us. You know, the Bible says that his sheep hear his voice. Do you belong to him? Yes. You should be hearing a voice. And that voice is the voice of Jesus. You know, I, uh, I remember being at a meeting one time and there was a Navy chief. He'd been in the Navy for for a long time. And they wanted to get rid of him because he said he heard God's voice. Hallelujah. You know, the world might not like you listening to the voice of God, but the reality is if you want to be, if you want to be engaged with what God's doing, you have to hear the voice of God. You would have never been saved unless you had heard the voice of God. If all you did was hear a preacher preach and decided, well, the, like this was me in the beginning. Man, we got preached hellfire and brimstone every week. And if you didn't go up to the front, you were going there. Well, how many of you as a seven-year-old want to go there? The reality is I didn't want to go there, but it was when I was 13 years old, the Lord spoke to me through a Billy Graham sermon and I was moved to go and give my heart and life to Jesus Christ, repent of my sins and to receive. So at that particular point, I said, be it unto me according 
to your word. And, so, and all of you that have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have said that, not necessarily out loud, but you agreed with what God was saying, that this is something I need to do. Be it unto me according to your word. You know, the Bible is filled with things that God has said to us. Thank you, Lord. Well, I just want to give you a few of them. So are you willing, as Mary was, to allow the Lord to work in your life to bring about his will in your life? I've got two people (laughs) with me today. It does, you know, being in the will of God is much more preferred than being outside of the will of God. And even if your will is different from his will, being in his will is much better than being in your will. And if you change your attitude, your will will be his will and his will will be your will. I remember it was in this very room. I came to church early uh, uh, before before even the... uh, Musicians came, and I was praying, and the Lord gave me a vision. I saw my grandfather, saw his face, and the Lord said I called him, but he, did, but he rejected it. Then I saw a picture of my father. He said I called him, but he rejected it. And then he said to me, I called you. You were obedient, but you weren't willing. Well, at least I got in. (laughs) And then he said to me, he showed me Joel and he said, I've called him. He will be willing and obedient. He will be willing and obedient. So, yes, I can say, yes, I've been obedient to God. But guess what? It's the willing and the obedient that shall eat the good of the land. I wonder how many years I, I suffered and did without because I was not I was obedient but not willing. You know it doesn't take 20 years to change your mind. It can take just a few seconds. Lord, I'm willing. Hallelujah. Just like Mary, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. That's the kind of faith we want to follow. Are you willing to be more than a conqueror? Well, it's one thing to confess it, but we've got to live it. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, he says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? That means they're not going to beat it out of you with a ball bat. That means they're not, gonna, uh, they're not going to cause you to cower in fear. They're going to cause you, no matter what they do, you're going to stand strong and say, I am persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing. 
I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, sometimes because of lack of knowledge and because we don't know the authority and the power that we have through Jesus and that we're sons of the living God, that a lot of people are afraid of spiritual things. They're afraid of evil spirits. But the reality is, is every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And when you use the name of Jesus, they cower in fear. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you as if in terror. It's not time for us to be afraid. It's time for us to be bold. Be bold in the Lord. Hallelujah. Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. Be it unto me, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Get unto me according to your word. Nothing's going to separate me from your love. Thank you, Lord. Are you willing to be, uh, to be and live like a new creation in Christ? Oh, we've, we've talked about uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But you know, there's, some, there's other verses around that. There's a verse before, there's verses before and there's verses after. Well, let me, let me show you what it's like to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. He says, for the love of Christ compels me because we judge this, that, one, uh, that if one died for all, then all died. You know that when you accepted Christ, you God saw you as dying on the cross with Jesus. God saw you buried with Christ Jesus. God saw you raised up with Christ Jesus. God saw you elevated with Christ Jesus to sit at the right hand of Jesus. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Are you approaching your problems from beneath or from above? Are you approaching your problems from a place of where of eye to eye or a place of authority? uh, Mary said, "Be it unto me according to your word." Then it goes on to say, "says and he and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves." You still want to be a new creation in Christ? My life is not my own anymore. I want to give my life not only, first of all, I have to give my life to Christ and then he empowers me to give my life to others. You know what? If you just do it on your own, it's very difficult at times. But the reality is, if I am empowered by the Holy Spirit, I can give them what God has. You know that God is still the God of miracles. He hasn't changed Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the God of miracles. He says, He says, For he died for all that those who live should no longer live to themselves, but for him who died for them who rose again. Now there, oh, this is something. He says, Now therefore, from now on, say from now on. 
we regard no one according to the flesh. What are you looking at? You looking at the outside? Well, where did you come from? Yeah. You know that. When we moved here. Where did you come from? You're not from around here. I wonder if it was that Midwestern accent, which I lost, I'm sure. Where are you from? The Bible says if you're a Christian, you know no one according to the flesh. You're not judging people according to the flesh. You are judging as to whether they are in Christ or not. And you don't treat them any differently. Oh, man, this is better than what you're saying. (laughs) Hallelujah. Therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet, yet now we do not know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. When you've got that attitude, when you are changed on the inside, and by the way, when you receive Christ, your dead spirit was removed and you've got a living spirit on the inside of you. You are alive in Christ. I think sometimes we need to act like it. I remember, <laughs> you, know, you know, people used to say weird things about us. You know, they, they, call, they said we were having tongues meetings. After a while, I thought, well, we're not guilty enough. Uh, the one I really like, we were in a storefront on Center Street. And there was big windows, but we put curtains up because, you know, people don't like to, they won't raise their hands. So uh, somebody said, uh, they're dancing nude in the aisles. (laughs) Well, we didn't have aisles, but I thought that was a good rumor to start. You might get more men there. But (laughs) no, I I didn't. I just thought about it after I heard it. Dancing nude in the aisles. We judge no one after the, you know, we've got, we've got to stop judging people. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Not only is my spirit man new, which becomes new exactly when I accepted Christ, but I start changing the way I think. I become new, hallelujah, in my thinking. My wife is glad that I've become new in my thinking. She used to hate me going home to my family in Kansas City because she was afraid I'd come back acting like a Hilton. (laughs) They weren't evil, it's just, it wasn't that great, you know. I can't go into all that now, but but then finally I would go home and I'd come back. I didn't act like a Hilton. I still act like a new creation in Christ Jesus. Didn't treat her any different, you know. It was all good. 
I was a new creation on the inside, but I needed my mind renewed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry. Do you know you have a ministry? couple of us. You have a ministry. Your ministry is to reconcile people. The first thing we need to do is to get rid of our attitudes that we've had with people and to be reconciled with them. And then we can reconcile them to Jesus. We bring that God has already done the reconciliation. We just need to bring them so they become aware that they are reconciled with God. Oh, but it gets better. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or counting their trespasses against them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. In other words, our ministry is is not to go tell them how bad they are and how much of a sinner they are. Our ministry is to tell them that God loves them and God is not counting their trespasses against them, but they need to receive Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. You've got the ministry of reconciliation. Be it unto me, Lord. You know, Mary could not produce Jesus until she said, be it unto me according to your word. And then the power of the Holy Spirit started working in your life. So don't don't think, well, I can't do the ministry of reconciliation. All you have to do is say, I'm willing, Lord, be it unto me, and God will do the work on the inside. Hallelujah. Are you willing to be a partaker of his divine nature? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, he says, grace and mercy be multiplied to you. How, be, how many of you want some more grace and peace? Yeah. Grace and peace be multiplied uh, to you in the knowledge of our Lord, in the knowledge of God and and our Lord Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God empowers you to be godly. Hallelujah. He says, again, he says, as his divine power is given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge. Do you know what? There's something about the knowledge of the word of God that's, that begins to release the power of God on the inside of us to change us. You can't change yourself. Oh, Lord, how many times have I heard the word, love thy neighbor? Love your wife. Love your enemy. Love, love, love. And I tried to love, love, love. And you know, it only lasted for a little bit. And then that Hilton come up. I mean. (laughs) But then when I started relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, then that began, the, the Holy Spirit, the love of God being shed abroad in our heart began to pour out of me. 
He says in verse 4, By which are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these promises you may become partakers of the divine nature. It is as you begin to feed on, rest in, rely on, and believe the promises of God that God begins to change the things that you were into the thing. You are the, you know, God has a project. And that project is to make you like Jesus. Look in the mirror sometime and say, do I live like Jesus? I, I don't, I'm not looking for an answer. <laughs> I can't always say yes, so I, I, I can't point fingers at you. But the reality is, is that's God's project to change us and to make us just like Jesus. Not just in our spirit, man. He wants to see a little Jesus outside. He wants to see a little Jesus in your face. He wants to see a little Jesus on the outside. He wants to see Jesus in your hands. He wants to see Jesus in your feet. Glory to God. All right, so through these you may become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And I just want to uh, touch on the second thing that Mary said. She was at a wedding. Jesus was there. His 12 disciples were there. They were invited to a wedding. 12, 13 men. Free food and free wine. So anyway, John 2, verse 2, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. You know, there's two kinds of wine, W-I-N-E and W-H-I-N-E. Some people never run out of wine. I had a fellow say to me, I heard a guy say one time, somebody was complaining, and he said, you want a little cheese with your wine. But anyway, they ran out of W-H-I-N-E. And she said to Jesus, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does, that, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. Do you know that mothers have pull with God? Mothers, you have pull with God. The Son of God, God himself says, it's not my time. And Mother Mary says, oh, yes, it is. She didn't say it out loud. Oh, I've been waiting for this. It's your time, Jesus. And Mary said to the servant, she didn't say it to Jesus, you know, don't get in an argument with people. Just act out on your faith. She said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. 
Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, we all, we all know from the scripture I quoted, to, or I said to you earlier, that his sheep hear his voice. So Jesus is talking to us, and Mary says, whatever he says to you, do it. I need to tell you a story. There was a, there was a missionary, a Protestant missionary. He went to Latin America, South America, and when he would get up to preach, they would throw offerings at him. Rotten tomatoes, rotten fruit, rotten vegetables. He was street preaching. And all of a sudden, he yelled out, I'm more Catholic than you are. Whoa. Majority of the Latin Americans are Catholic. I'm more Catholic than you are. But shut him up. He said, I obey Mother Mary. (laughs) Mother Mary says, whatever he says to you, do it. And I'm doing it. And you're resisting me. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm obeying Jesus. I'm obeying Mother Mary. Well, that stopped the offering. Then he was able to preach the word of God. So, are you more Catholic than Catholics? Whatever he says to you, do it. Hallelujah. I don't have time to give you every scripture that Jesus has told us things to do, but I'll give you some thoughts. Jesus told us to do some things Jesus told us to do. I wanted you to focus on what Jesus has told you to do personally. I could give you scriptures, but what has Jesus told you to do personally? Has he ever told you to forgive? Has he ever urged you to talk to somebody? Has he ever challenged you to deal with a weight or a sin? Oh, it's getting quiet in the Pentecostal church. It's not Pentecostal, but it's quiet. Has Jesus ever told you to deal with, what is a weight? A weight is something that is holding you back from fulfilling God's will in your life. It might not be a sin. Are you willing to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you? It says in Romans. He says, What about intimacy with him? Has Jesus ever said anything to you about intimacy with him? Well, he said something to the first, you know, Jesus wrote a letter to seven church, or John wrote the letters, but Jesus said uh, to the first church at Ephesus, he says, you know, you do all these wonderful things, but I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. And I just want to give you a little thought. He wrote something different to every church. So that tells me that not everything that was written, like Corinthians wasn't written to to Galatians. Galatians wasn't written to the Ephesians. I'm setting you up for something, not today. 
Timothy was written to a person who was pastoring in Ephesus, but that doesn't mean everything he said to him related other places. See, what we try to do is we try to relate everything to everybody. Just a thought. What, what spiritual gift is Jesus wanting you to bless others with? You say, well, pastor, I don't have any spiritual gifts. Well, I beg your pardon, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Every one of you here has a spiritual gift. And I'm telling you, it's not just some kind of natural talent. It is a supernatural gift that God wants to use through you so that you can bless Others, not elevate ourselves. Glory to God. All right. Who does he want you to love? Whatever he says to you, do it. You know, Nike thought they were original when they said, just do it. Well, Mary had them beat thousands of years before. Whatever he says to you, just do it. Thank you, Lord. So the two things, let it be unto me according to your word. Lord, ever you, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. And whatever he says to you, do it. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless the people of God with the word of God. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. Lord God, that you are the God of miracles and there are people in this congregation that need a miracle touch in, your, in their lives. And I believe, Father, that whether they get it now or whether they get it later, Father God, there's going to be healings, there's going to be restored relationships There's going to be manifestations of your love. There's going to be open doors of opportunity, Lord God, and there's going to be financial financial needs that are not only met, but Father God, I believe, I even see jobs being released. Father God, I see people just uh, hearing a word and beginning to follow. And Father God, there's great manifestations of your love and blessing in the name of Jesus. How many of you will do it with me? Whatever he says to you, do it. How many of you are willing to say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Thank you, Lord. That's a scary thing. Because you don't know what he might want to do. He might want to send you to Elizabethville (laughs) from Kansas City. You know what? The one of my, I didn't have too many fears, but there was uh, a thing. I didn't want to go to Tanzania, Africa. And we spun a little globe as I was getting out of Bible school. Where do you want us to go, Lord? Tanzania. Ah, it didn't work. 
Lord, where do you want us to go? Tanzania. Three times. We've both been to Tanzania. Not at the same time. But it was a blessing. How many of you know that God knows more than you do? Amen. Well, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.